Hi, this is Wilson, pastor of Renew Church OC, a church for imperfect people only. Thanks for joining our podcast. Over the pandemic, a lot of our lives have been reoriented. Whether it's our work, school, friendships, or church, we've become comfortable with a new normal because of COVID. Many of us are asking what church is and how important is it really? Can I be a strong Christian without the church? Or can I go to church in PJs and off a screen for the rest of my life? I hope this series helps you move away from cultural norms and beliefs about church and brings us back into God's word and heart for the local church. Enjoy the sermon. All right, we're back. And as we think about This Is Renew, I wanted to spend last week talking about Renew and Church residing in the space of Sabbath, that God creates a whole day at the very beginning of the creation of the earth to gift us rest. And we imitate him as we rest in him. And a part of that rest throughout Judaism and the early church is coming together as believers to put our eyes on God in worship, in being in the word, and in loving and communing with each other. The Jews did that throughout throughout their centuries of worshiping God, and and we've done that as well. And then today, I want to talk about what it means to be a part of a church. Because I think a lot of times, being part of a church can feel like Netflix. I love Netflix so much. I watch it, you know, every other day. And and Netflix is really, you know, convenient. I, whenever I watch a TV show on television, you know, me and Nina, we, we traveled a little bit over sabbatical and we're in a hotel because I don't even have live TV in my house anymore. I don't have landlines, right? I don't have live TVs. I don't have a Thomas guy. Like, they're all artifacts. And um, so anyways, I'm watching live TV in a hotel. I'm like, oh my gosh, commercials. You know, they're so long. Like, why are they here? Because on Netflix, I'm skipping the intro and I'm so impatient at times where I will skip full storylines of characters because I find a character boring or they're a bad actor or they're a filler. It's a filler plot. And I'll just skip like sections of the episode because uh, it feels irrelevant. And I think church can kind of feel like that. It could feel like turning on Netflix, uh, you know, just like we're waiting for a Disney drop. We're waiting for a renewed drop. But maybe we miss it at 10.30 or 10 o'clock, so we watch it on a Tuesday night. Maybe this sermon wasn't that strong, and so you're fast-forwarding the boring parts to get to the application. Maybe you didn't like that worship song, and so you fast-forward that for the next worship song. Is being a part of church just watching Netflix, rolling out of bed and, and turning on a screen? I think about being a part of church as being a customer on Amazon. You know, being a part of Amazon Prime. I actually had someone at our church complain a while back about, you know, putting up reviews on Amazon or logging a complaint on Amazon. And it was always responded to. They would always, you know, send a refund or, um, you know, or give some type of customer support. And he's like, man, I've logged so many complaints to Wilson, but he's not doing half of what I'm saying. But aren't I the customer? Shouldn't, shouldn't Wilson be doing 
uh, worried about customer satisfaction because if I'm not happy here, if I'm not satisfied here, if this church isn't a five-star rating, I'm going to go to another church that is. I think we can have a very consumer mentality when it comes to church. We could compare a church like we're comparing restaurants. Best price, best service, best food. Um, you know, if it's not here, maybe it's, it's in another place. Soup plantation could be a good analogy for church. Um, remember soup plantation 2019? Uh, this, this won't make sense to people in the next 10 years. It's going to be another artifact of the past. I love their coupons the most. You know, lunch for two, $17.99. That's actually not an amazing price for soup and salad, but it just feels good when you have a coupon. And I would get the cheese bread and the clam chowder and eat a thousand calories that way, dipping the cheese bread into the clam chowder. But I think the best part about soup plantation and a lot of this new model of, of restaurants like Chipotle and Pyology is that you get to pick and choose the ingredients you like and customize your own plate. And I've seen people do that with church as well, especially over the pandemic. I remember another conversation just last week where someone was complaining that their church's worship was kind of old-fashioned and um, they didn't enjoy it. And so one of one of our church members is like, hey, join us for worship and then jump back into their sermon. And um, I remember years ago, I was sitting at a church. Uh, when I have some free Sundays, I'll go check out our churches to see what they're doing. So I'm sitting next to this guy and I'm like, hey, are you coming to this church? Are you a part of their, um, you know, are you a member here? And he's like, oh, I come to this church about, you know, once to twice a month. I'm like, oh, what do you do on the other weeks? Are you are you working? And he's like, no, I, I like jumping around. So I like to uh, go to this church when the worship is this specific worship leader. But I'll go to that church when I know that pastor's preaching. But then this other church does really interesting sermon series, right? So I'll go to that church when they have a sermon series that I like. I like, it's kind of like the soup plantation of church. You just kind of pick out what you like, mix and match. And lastly, I think church can be like online dating, Bumble, Match, Tinder, where it's just this uh, profile. And there's all these churches in the area. So you just kind of go from one church to another, like the soup plantation guy. But, and you have infatuations with the church. You know, communities, if they know what they're doing, are very welcoming and helping you connect in. At some, at some point, you, sh- you have to try, you know, so that doesn't last forever. Um, but you can just kind of be enamored with the first, you know, five church experiences and have an infatuation but never really commit. I think that online dating can be that way, right? There's so many people who, have, who approach online dating correctly and, and uh, have fallen in love online and gotten married. But other parts of online dating, is, it just feels like a cheap date. You feel like a cheap date. They feel like a cheap date. You know, I've read articles where people are lining up dates for Saturday brunch um, with, you know, someone they met up on match. And then in the afternoon, they're having coffee with someone from Coffee Meets Bagel, appropriate naming. And then for dinner, you know, another website um, like Bumble. They have a Bumble date. And, And it just kind of feels cheap. 
and it feels easy. Uh, dates can feel like a commodity sometimes. I have a friend who told me that she was, um, you know, talking over one of the dating apps to this professor at in uh, at UCR, and um, accomplished, you know, good looking, and they had a date set up, and she just kind of bailed because something else came up, and she's like, you know, that's just how it is. Like, <laughs> people just don't value dates, and um, and I think church can feel like that too, right? Church can just kind of be a commodity. There's 70 churches in, uh, in, in Fullerton. Why do I have to stick with one of them? Why can't I just have this continual dating relationships with churches? So uh, church can feel like Netflix, can feel like Amazon, customer-centric. It can feel like soup plantation. It can feel like cheap dates. But I would say that that's not what church is. When you look at the Bible, church is family. Think about the contrast between a customer and family. Think about the contrast between uh, yogurt land and family, right? Cheap dates and family. The Bible describes church as the most intimate relationship you can have. It takes the most intimate relationships outside of church and applies it to church. You know, I we we can't treat our family like yogurt land. I can't be like, hey Nina, I you know, I just really don't feel like um spaghetti tonight. Even though you make a mean spaghetti, I just Betsy over there is making steak, you know? Hey, Levi, your babe, you're, you just pooed your diaper and you're being fussy. You know, I'm going to hop over uh, across the street where their baby is clean and smiling. And I can cuddle with him. You know, is that, does, it, does that make sense at all with family? And then the second analogy that God uses for church is an interdependent body. And if you can imagine your body members serving each other, um, for a greater purpose, as opposed to all being about itself, you know? That's what cancer looks like, actually. So we're going to deep dive into these two, um, you know, ideas of church that the Bible gives us. And I would say that they're primary definitions for what church is, or primary analogies for how God speaks of church. And I hope that it would help you whether you're deciding to come to Renew or not, think of church correctly, right? So I'm not saying that you have to go to Renew Church if you're, you've been checking out churches. I do believe there's a discernment process. But how do we think of church when we do commit to it in a way of family, in a way of an interdependent body? Because in the Old Testament, the Jewish people on Sabbath weren't, uh, were restricted in how much travel they could have before it was considered working. And so they weren't able to um, walk more than a mile, actually quite a bit less than a mile. And so the Jewish communities and where they resided would set up synagogues about a mile apart so that everyone within the radius of walking could move into that synagogue and do church and Sabbath together. And you really didn't have that many options. It didn't feel like 
a cheap date, right? There were, the next synagogue would break your Sabbath. So there was, a, there was this like uh, restrictive commitment to the Sabbath that were, you were a part of. You want, if you wanted to go to another uh, synagogue, you would have to like move your house to be a part of that community. It wasn't as easy as going next door. In the early church, because Christians were so sparse, every city had just one church. And that's why, God, uh, that's why Paul would address the church of Corinth, the church of Ephesians, the church of Galatia. There was kind of this, um, there was this restrictive access to church, which made it valuable. And again, as I think about church now, it's not restrictive. And I think because of the plenty of church, it can be cheap. But God says church isn't cheap. It's family. Church isn't um, cheap. It's an interconnected body. So in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, it says, You will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. So in Timothy, uh, Paul is talking about the church as God's household. And secondly, he talks about the relationships we should have with one another in the church. How do we relate to each other? He says to Timothy, who's training to be a pastor, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as a father, um, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. I consider myself a younger pastor, even though I'm almost 40 years old, um, 39. And, um, and yet there's older men and women at our church that I want to speak to with honor and respect, uh, not in a domineering way, right? I'm still your pastor, but, but there's a secondary relationship with me as a family member. And he's commanding everyone to have this family relate, relationship with the church um, that they reside in. And then the second aspect of family here in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, chapter 12, even though he pivots this in terms of Christ being the body, I, I want to talk about this in terms of familyness. It says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all has but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but, but many. So not only are we a family, but we have diversity in our familyness or in being a body of Christ, right? There's ethnic diversity, as Paul talks about being Greeks, uh, Gentiles, or Jews. And Gentile is basically saying anyone who's not Jewish, that there's um, a diversity in ethnicity in the family of God. And then there's also a diversity in terms of economics. Whether you're slave or free, when you come to church, you're brothers and sisters. Think about that. That uh, uh, someone who employs a servant or slave in their day and you know, owns them for a specific amount of time goes to church and that person becomes his brother. That person becomes his sister that there's this um, value and 
and equalization in the church that isn't true in any other sector of society. <clears throat> and then lastly, Paul talks about gender in Galatians, that we're either male nor female in Christ, that the church is made up of um, diversity in our ethnicity, in our economics, and in our gender, and unity in those areas. And so as I think about Renew Church, that's my first um, like desire for us to see church, that we are all participants in a family. And when people come check out Renew and when they're church shopping, this is why I tell them, I say, God, I see church as family. God has ta taught us that church is family. So when you go church shopping, don't think of it from a consumer perspective. Instead, go church discerning, you know, that God is the one who calls us into the local church. Uh, of course, there, there's our decision involved, but it's not pri it shouldn't primarily be driven by us, be driven by a pro and con list or a how do I like it list. It should be driven by listening to the Spirit and saying, God, I'm to be a part of a family. Which family do you want me to be a part of? I think it's just extremely important to God which local body he has called you into to be a brother or sister to. And also, as we think about the local church, we think about what it looks like to celebrate diversity in all of these areas, economics, ethnicity, and gender. We exist in the local church as a mosaic of all of these different parts of who we are. And those different parts of who we are brings worship and God's image into, a, into the church in a unique way. I think that's why I really long for a church that grows in multi-ethnicity. I'm thankful that we're not all Asian Americans. Uh, I'm thankful that at our AAPI event um, on Friday that our Latino and white and uh, black sisters and brothers were a part of that time together because they were fam they're family with us, because they love us because we're family, and so they love our ethnicity. And I love the ethnicity of all of their backgrounds as well. In fact, I see God... Uh, more clearly because of friends of different ethnicities and different economic statuses and different genders, right? That there's times in our life um, when we need an older sister in Christ. There's times in our life where we need a spiritual mother or father. There's times in our life where a younger brother will encourage us in a deep way because of their gender, because of their age. There's times in our life where we see the children of our church worshiping and we're reminded of what childlike prayer and worship looks like. There are times in our life where we learn something or many things from another ethnicity and how they reflect God and see God and speak of him, of how they exemplify God in their culture that reminds us and redeems our culture. You know, I think about the beauty of Asian American culture and how we uh, honor our elders and how we value humility and how we love community, not to the exclusion of other cultures, but those are 
really core to who we are, the loyalty that we share uh, in, in our friendships and familial relationships. Those are attributes of who God is. And we're reflecting God in our Asian American heritage. But I think about the things I've learned from other ethnicities. I think about uh, the times where I visited African American churches and that the, the way they dance and sing honestly puts Renew to shame, you know, and they'll sing for hours. And, and the way that they engage with God and their creativity and emotion uh, makes me long to sing and dance like that. It reminds me of parts of my ethnicity that might be broken or, or blocked. You know, I think about uh, cultures that have taught me how to do conflict resolution well. I've had um, white and uh, brothers and sisters, Latino brothers and sisters, teach me how to share my feelings and be more forward and talk through uh, conflict. So we're all reflecting God through our image, through, um, through our ethnicity, through our, through our gender, and through our economics. And when we come together in diversity, we get a fuller view of who God is. And then I think about what it looks like to be family um, in the Lord. And maybe some of my most vivid pictures of family is doing retreats together. And uh, man, we're just going to do so many retreats this year. This is a video of us playing Coneheads. Basically, I forced everyone to play my favorite game of Coneheads at this uh, young adult retreat. We were uh, sitting by a lake in different houses. And I just loved our coming together and um, being family, experienced family through retreats. This other retreat is at this cabin in Big Bear. We just took over the floor and slept all over it. Um, it's three stories. So again, I make people play my second favorite game, which is Murder in the Dark. It's like mafia, except like in person, where someone draws some the murder card and you walk around the cabin with all the lights off in the woods and you do this to people and then they and then you stash their bodies and someone finds them and then the lights turn on and we pick out who the murderer is it's, it's my favorite thing ever um retreats are fun because i force people to play the games i like the next slide is this lake uh off of a about a mile trail and um we walk across the lake on kind of traversing this cliff and some people cliff dive in even though I'm always thinking about waivers and liability and then my our infamous Zion trips because of Jake Snowden we go to Zion about every two years and we go cannoneering he basically takes us on like a $400 experience uh, for free besides renting harnesses and wetsuits and it's just been amazing an amazing time spending together in awe of nature, in awe of the sky and, and, and the stars, in awe of the mountains and cliffs hanging over us, in awe of the power of the Lord. And uh, this year, we're doing another Zion trip. So the first weekend of October, we locked down 75 uh, camping slots for our church to come. And this is going to be an amazing time to be family. You know, our family, we were still family over COVID, but we were just so separated. So over 
2021 and 22, I'm planning basically three retreats to get us together um, and allow us to experience family in the sleeping and eating together and waking up and, you know, um, and just doing life that way. So our Zion trip is going to be our first one. um, And I'm really excited about that. We're going to plan a second one probably in February, a campsite that accommodates kids and families really well as a full all church retreat and then next summer we'll do another retreat we're just gonna make up for lost time like everyone else and so as we think about church um as family i just want to think about how who you are contributes to our ability as a community to see god you embody his image in your ethnicity and your gender And in your economics, you help us worship the Lord and see him better through who you are when you commit to being family with us. Secondly, we see church as an interdependent body. So continuing in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, each one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it were, there are many parts, but one body. You know, when I think about our church, I think about, all the gifted people in our church and the way that we have come together as a team to serve our local community and also our city. Um, In this video, this is like pretty much my favorite part of church is seeing people set up. Coming into Sunday, seeing, uh, you know, Mikey and the worship team grab equipment out of the the closet, roll it up the, the ramp, seeing people put down chairs, put out signs, sitting with the children's ministry team, helping the, uh, walking through my sermon with them so that they can serve the kids later. I love seeing the church come together as the body of Christ, serving each other with the gifts that God has given us, uh, serving each other with hospitality, with music, with teaching, serving each other uh, by opening up our homes or by facilitating small groups or by just sitting down with that new person instead of a close friend so that they can feel and and become family with us. Our church would would never have a chance of surviving without all the people who are gifting us with their time and service. Um, You know, I've been a part of a lot of different sports teams. Um, Football and junior high, I was actually MVP. Basketball, I loved for a long time. I was a part of a rowing team. Um, and then now I love volleyball and, and I love being a part of a team because you're just, you realize how dependent you are on other people, right? There's very few sports, team sports where you can win on your own. There's very few team sports where, um, if you're not performing, it doesn't hurt the other people around you for beach volleyball. You are so dependent on your partner. Like every play you do is off of them touching the ball and how well they're setting you up. 
And I think about the church in the same way. You know, you have a gift that God's given you. And it's a gift that he's given you to give others, right? There's this list of gifts in, in Corinthians, like hospitality and prophecy and, and service. It's like, that's a gift that God's given you, but how do you use hospitality on yourself, right? How do you use teaching for you? It's not a gift for you. It's a gift for everyone else. And their gifts are for you. And as we come together using our gifts, we become a part of the body of Christ that, that is Christ to the community around us. So when you think about being a part of the church, I think about membership when I do membership classes as members of the body. I'm inviting you to be an eye, an ear, to be essential. I'm inviting you to be a hand, a toe, an ACL. We need, I need ACLs. Uh, I'm inviting you to use your gifts in participation with Jesus. And it's just so different. It's so different being a part of a team than being a spectator, right? It's so different than playing on a team than being in the stands. When you're in the stands, um, you're not sacrificing. You're not risking anything. And it's just so easy to be critical. When you're on a team, you win and lose together. You bleed and sweat together. And you forge in, in friendship. You fall in love with, with the cause. You know, when you serve the church, it's for the church, but it's also for you. Because you, you fall in love with it. You value it. It becomes your family. And in service, friendships are forged. As we re reopen Renew Church, um, we are the body of Christ, but we've kind of been atrophied. We've been laying on a couch for a year, again, uh, necessitated by COVID. But as we reopen, we really need you to serve alongside of us. We're trying to rebuild our host team. Um, we need people to help out with sound and AV, setting up the stage and equipment. We need a, a live service team to help that continue to run. And hopefully at a decent quality, we need children's ministry teams. We need people to open up their house or their backyard for small groups. So we have a Google survey, um, again, in the description side. And man, if you're, if you're wanting to participate as a part of the team, if you want to be part of the family instead of just a fan, I would love for you to fill out the survey. It helps us um, know who's coming to our in-person service, what we can do to help you come out. If there's something that would serve you in you coming out, we want to do that. But also, we're asking for help on all of those teams that I just talked about. And if you would serve that out and pick a team to jump into, or just let us know that you're still committed to the teams that you were in before pandemic, that would that would allow us to reopen. You know, honestly, we can't reopen without our church coming back together and serving together. All right, the next passage is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the hand cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. The parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, 
while the presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that, that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, and that its parts should have equal concern for each other. But if one part suffers, many parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. I love this last section because it speaks to our church winning and losing together. Everyone here is on your team. And I hope that there would be this desire to mutually honor each other, to lift each other up. That instead of having a critical lens towards each other, we have a lens of encouragement, of honoring. And if there is underlining conflict, how do we talk about it as family? How do we not cancel people in our heads or see them from a very specific paradigm? But know that their loss is my loss and their win is my win. But another really special part of this passage is talking about the different parts of the body that some are weaker um, and some are unpresentable, right? So there's the presentable part of our bodies, our faces. Uh, I know we're not used to seeing mouths and nose anymore, but at some point we'll be able to see the other half of people's face. Our hands, our arms, our legs, those are our very presentable part of the bodies. But then there's weaker parts of the body, right? There's our organs that are heavily protected by our rib, rib cage. Our brain is protected by our skull, right? The most, uh, the strongest bones of our body uh, is protecting the most vulnerable part of our body. And then there's the unpresentable parts. And of course, this is speaking about uh, the human genitalia. And, but think about how we treat it. We, we, we're always protecting those parts because of all the nerve endings and how painful it would be to have it knocked into something. And then we also protect it in terms of clothing. We have underwear that's a special layer of protection modesty for those parts of the body. When I think about Renew and how, how we treat our members who are weaker or who um, are unpresentable in uh, using biblical terms, not you know um, secular, how are we treating them with special honor? You know, one of the ministries that um, have demonstrated this year after year is our special needs ministry. Um, this is a, a dance video, and this is probably the most, you know, uh, common event we do in special needs, where our church comes together and dances with the special needs uh, community within our church and their friends, and it's just this really special time of of celebrating together and doing dance parties, and um, and we're gifting them with dancing, but also I think they gift us with dancing because. I don't know about you guys, but the only times I've gone dancing is like either at a wedding, which is more decent over the last few years, and then clubbing a lot in college where everyone walks in really self-conscious <laughs> and pretending they're not. And um, when you dance with special needs uh, people, they don't care. They don't care about how they look. They don't care about how you look, you know, uh, broadly speaking and in comparison. And so we just like... Our community never dances unless it's with uh, our special needs, uh, the, our members who have special needs teaching us how to dance again. Um, they've been such a gift to us. We One of my favorite events 
at church's Halloween because of our special needs Halloween party. It's like one of my favorite events. We figured it out. Uh, every year we do costumes. I, I feel like Joel and Kendall definitely won uh, our 2019 special needs costume contest. We do our mummy wrap every year. Um, our, we eat you know apples off of a string. I participate in that every year. And then we have a walk down of our different costumes, taking photos. And then we have our photo booth. And it's just an amazing time together. And then the event though that I, I've loved the most um, at Renew over so many years. And, and I mean, we've served so many people, right? Uh, who are weaker and unpresentable, uh, again, in the biblical definition. We've served um, foster care. I've, I've done so much in that world and have, uh, and Grace is in it, you know, with all of Crest and all of us are, have served uh, in different ways or many of us have served in different ways. Uh, we've done things with um, um, kids who have gone through domestic violence. We've we've mentored so many um, teens again before the pandemic. But one of the events that are cl- is closest to my heart is when we set up a um, fashion show because one of the uh, women who have special needs at our church has always wanted to be a fashion designer. That was kind of her dream. And so we had like 20 people do one event for one person <laughs> because we wanted to serve her in this way. It was, and, um, you know, other people who have special needs uh, contributed, but she got to do the makeup for a lot of the women. We set up this runway and, you know, it's, it's <laughs> and uh, lights and like this backdrop and all of us walked down uh, kind of displaying different lines of clothing like sport attire and formal and so on. And it was just amazing. This is a, this is a Corinne and a striking a pose. And I just think it just shows like, man, the heart of our church. Um, like you, you, you don't get to participate in a body. You, you're, you're not family where you know people and they know you and you're you're loved and you definitely don't get to um express express the kingdom of God in honoring and giving special care for those who are weaker um if church is Netflix or or a cheap date or a buffet line right we're God invites us to so much more than that. Um, God invites us to um, to this, and I I think that's what I'm inviting you to as well. If if you, when you think about what it means to be a part of a church, I know I know we're all we're all victims of our culture, and so we've defined that in. All those different ways. And that's why we need scripture. To pull us out of the standards that everyone else is living in. The perception and, and um, you know, what is norm. And to say, God, you've called us into church as family. How, how do I participate as family in the church that you're calling me to? Right? Church is, the local church is a calling. 
I, you know, I get scared when people come to Renew because something's better than their old church. Because trust me, Renew is not the best in anything. Even in the 20-mile radius, you can find more professional worship with all pro musicians. You can find more prolific speakers, especially compared to me. Dave's pretty amazing. Um, you can find better facilities for sure. I mean, have you seen the Meridian? But when someone says, hey, I feel called to this church. I feel like God's just asking me to be here. Um, and I've seen that again and again. There's a big difference to me when in, in the vibe of someone who, who has felt called versus who, you know, is just kind of hopping around. And, and when you're called to, to be a part of family, right? How are you gifting us with all of who you are, with the diversity of who you are? And I, I, I hope as best as I can that I would elevate the voices of, of those who aren't the majority culture at Renew. Um, that I, over the last years of planting Renew, I've always said, God, how, can, send me leaders who are non-Asian, right? The Whitmores have always served as a part of our eldership. Um, Danielle is leading our special needs ministry, and we've had people who are white, Latino, and black be a part of, of shaping our church so that the culture and who we are is diverse. And I invite you in your gender, in your economics, in your ethnicity to, to be a part of our church family. And secondly, how has God called you to be a part of the body at Renew Church? You know, I, I really believe that he's given each of you a gift to give to the people around you. What is the gift that God's given you? And are you willing to use that gift in surrender to others, to surrender your talents, your time, to surrender um, the home that God has given you over a crazy pandemic, to serve the community? Uh, I was having a conversation with someone at our church who, who just bought a house, and he's like, it's a miracle we have this. Um, I see it as a gift of God, and I'm thinking about how do we allow this place to be a part of the Renew community, right? We're, we're kind of homeless. We definitely don't have a building. Um, but our homes are all of, all of your homes, all of your apartments that have opened up to serve, um, you know, formally or informally the church community. And so that's my invitation to you. And if you're not a part of Renew Church, that's my invitation for you to uh, desire family and being a part of body in in the church that God's calling you to. It's okay for you to don't feel guilty about coming in and watching the sermon and and but do it in a way that is part of your discernment and listening to the Lord. Right? If you go to another church next week, go there discerning God's call to be family and to be a part of the body. God, thank you so much for um, our time together to love you, to listen for your voice, and to desire your calling. Man, when I look around <laughs> the room of our church and, you know, thinking back to 2019, I just see so many people that you've called here that have become family with us, um, that have served and sacrificed 
that has uh, been so generous with their time and their gifts and their finances. And, and our church is built off of, of each body part. Our church is built off of each family member. Um, I'm so grateful for them, Lord. And, and I know that there's people right now who are uh, checking out Renew, um, deciding whether or not it's worth it to put on pants and go in person. And, and I do pray, Lord, that you would call uh, everyone listening and call your church um, over, over the U.S. and around the world out of um, church as Netflix or as Soup Plantation or as online dating, that you would call them into family and into participating as parts of the body. Um, man, I know what it's like to lose a few members of the body. Everything else is compensating. Everything else is aching. Everything else is um, is 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 loose is losing, like, um, and and we are all losing um, when someone from our church uh, that you've called in doesn't participate. Um, and so I just pray that all of us would own, renew, um, as family and and as parts of the body. We love you. We're grateful for you. In Jesus' name, amen.